It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. But the reduced time between games certainly is, I mean, that's what part of the CFLPA memo had identified. I'm thinking with that reduced time between games, it's not what was in the CBA initially, but it is going to be something that factors in if teams have to travel back and forth on top of that. So think of a BC out to Montreal or vice versa. Canadian Football League is now back in front of the Canadian government with a new proposal, according to Dan Ralph of the CBC, that is much more enhanced in its descriptors and gives a better idea of what any sort of loan that the CFL may ask would actually be used for in this context. You bet. And, and I mean, we, we understand that it's for significantly less money at the time, even though the CFL situation hasn't really changed. They're looking to, I think, replace some of their revenues, I guess, right, that they could potentially lose if they're able to play. That's the initial ask is my understanding, Don. Yeah, that's the way I read it as well. Uh, $42.5 million that they're seeking from the federal government in terms of aid and mm-hmm. That then predicates the whole notion of playing football this season. If there is no season, then of course the parameters change. That's right. And the CFL has to look at a different sort of equation. That's right. At that point, as I read it, it looks like up to $150 million in the event that the CFL league does not go is what they feel they may need to, up to $150 million on top of the $30 million they're asking for immediately is my understanding. That was the initial request way back. Uh, this new one is a little bit different in its focus. According to Ralph, uh, this league is seeking $42.5 million in aid. And referring back, Commissioner Ambrosi said the league was anxious to be accountable to taxpayers and would attempt to repay a portion of government assistance through community programs, tourism, promotion, the Great Cup, our digital channels. The sources noted that the new request is covering operating costs and player salaries for the shortened 2020 season if it goes ahead. I mean, and, and certainly it's going to be interesting if it does go ahead. Um, you know, that initial request, you're right, was $30 million with another $120 million, And now it sounds like that $42.5 million is fees up front to pay for the business that the CFL has um, already lost, I guess, if you will, as well as potentially to pay for players if the league were to open in September. And that's still the earliest date that they've identified that they can go. Yes, I don't think they could start any sooner, regardless of what happens with borders, etc. The ask, I think, is also sort of countenancing hub versus home venues being used. You've got to factor in travel. The players, of course, They're certainly uh, showing support for it. While they're still negotiating with the CFL in terms of the CBA and what sort of new face it will take in 2020 and perhaps beyond until COVID is arrested, players themselves realize that this is go time. This is something that they've got to accomplish. And the league has 
worked with the federal government in the past certainly got their knuckles wrapped for not being as expansive and as transparent with what the needs were. And coming back to the federal government now, you see that they've learned their lesson and the numbers are much more in line with numbers that they can produce and justify. That's right. And to me, the key that you identify there is that the, the players and, and the CFL, the league itself, are on the same page in this ask. Uh, as the initial ask when Ambrosi went forward didn't seem like the players felt like they had much say. And at this point, they at least seem to be on side with this ask. I think if the players want to play, they're going to have to come around and certainly look for some sort of avenue where they and the CFL agree on how to proceed from here. If you read tweets from different players around the league, you get sort of different ideas about what they feel is going to be fair and equitable if a shortened season is played. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people argue that they deserve at least three quarters of their salary because of what they're giving up. Some say 50% and I'll still make it. Uh, Some want the full salary saying, hey, you know, it's a contract. That's where the CFLPA its leadership and the CFL have to come together and sort of look at equitable compensation under these circumstances because it's not a normal season. You're playing one-third of the regular schedule plus potentially, if you're successful and two teams will be, three playoff games. A nine-game season versus what was normally a 21-game season for a team that had to play, or a 20-game season, I should say, for a team that had to make it to the Grey Cup. That's a significant difference. Now, if you take 9 on 20, that's closer to 50. If you take 6 on 18, you're closer to a third. And these are some of the numbers, I'm sure, that go back and forth as to players maybe saying, I prefer the first, the CFL saying, wait a minute, you've still got to earn it for the rest of it. How do we justify paying you that ratio if you don't make it to the Greek? It's going to be interesting. Uh, Like you said, the, the CFLPA has a bit of a job ahead of itself to make sure that whatever they propose will be taken up by the majority of the players, if not all of them. I mean, there, there may be some who still choose at that point to say, you know what, I'd, we've talked about this last week. Due to the safety concerns, due to my family situation, I may not be willing to come and play for that amount of remuneration. But uh, it is possible that, that everyone can get on the same page. And that's that's the job, really, in the next, what, today's the 14th as we tape. By the 23rd, we have nine days to solidify all of this, Don. That's a tight window. We've seen it with Major League Baseball. We've seen it with the National Hockey League. We've seen it with especially the NBA, Mm -hmm. where players have opted out. But in two of the three circumstances, that's trying to finish the season. And some of the players are saying, well, what am I doing this for? I've got family to, to concern myself with. Is it worth it to finish a season Major League Baseball and the NFL and the CFL are on the opposite side of the offense where they're trying to start and finish a season. Their demands are quite significantly different than those other two leagues. If we go by what Major League Baseball did, they had a very acrimonious discussion period prior to getting the agreement. Players did not get the compensations that they wanted, not to the extent that they wanted. I'm sure that that would send indications to the CFLPA, the NFLPA, that if things are shortened, we're going to have to take a hit. As such, you've got to get your head wrapped around that these are just crazy circumstances and just accept that, okay, we're not going to make 
this, but maybe we'll make this minus that so that it's still palatable. That is something that we have to take a look at for the players to make it palatable. But the fact that the CFL is not making the same amount of money as some of those other major professional leagues, I think will impact some of the players. If you have a job at home that's paying you $100,000, $200,000 a year, you're not going to leave that to play football. Now, not all football players have jobs that pay that well. But, but some may say to go there to get the same amount of money for a shortened season we've got through three months effectively, will that be worth disrupting their other jobs? Because most CFL players do have to have other income to go through the course of the year. You may see that more so among the national players mm-hmm. where they've got a, a track in a career with a company that is going to get them those types of stipends. But beyond that, if you look at the American players, most of them are younger, coming out of college. They haven't tracked their career just yet outside of football. So most of them probably don't have another revenue stream that's very significant. And if they do, you wouldn't blame a person for saying, okay, I I leave football behind because I want to make more money doing this instead. Mm-hmm. Davis Sanchez on the waggle, and sad to say that he's leaving the waggle, but Davis Sanchez on his last show, talking to players, figured that at least 9 out of 10 would show up and play, that they want to go, that this matters to them. And you got to think of it in this way. For the vast majority of players, this is the only life they've known. Yeah. And if you take that away, that's a huge seed change in terms of how they approach their year. And I think a lot of them are anxious to get going because it's just they're, they're training, they're, they're mentally focused, they want to get out there. And I think that's a huge impetus that pushes the CFLPA to try to figure out something that gets everybody together so that this can happen if it can happen. And we don't know yet. The CFL has not stated categorically that they are going to play. No. We know that they want to play. That's right. They do. And and I would say I agree with what you're saying, Don, that the majority of players would want to be out there and go. And particularly, I think, uh, as you mentioned, the, the, the younger players are going to not have jobs outside. But I do get a little concerned about some of the veterans. Read this week about Luke Tasker, and I believe he's in a real estate position, for example. Well, if he's just building his, his portfolio as a real estate agent, and you're at a point where you're Later in your career, that does become difficult decisions. Now, that is a small number. I think most football players, I agree with you, would be taking a look at football is what they do. And they want to play, regardless of the situation, if they can play and and feel that they're being compensated in a reasonable fashion, I think most of them will be here. Uh, and that is, of course, if if the league is able to play. Because, I, I mean, we've, we've been hoping and hoping that that's going to happen. However, Randy Ambrosi and... and Others have said that there's a possibility it doesn't. This week, for example, Ricky Ray spoke out against that, saying that he really doesn't see professional football being played in the CFL this season. In his mind, not worth it. But he's coming at it with the lens of a veteran as opposed to the lens of a rookie. It's going to be interesting to see. Our hope is that it will go. But at the end of the day, it's a lot left to do in nine days. Our fingers are crossed that the both sides can get this done, as well as receive government support to enable that, and on top of that, have the approval of the health agencies wherever they decide to play. 
second down. Do you think you're a CFL expert? We're about to find out. It's trivia time. And we're back with trivia. Woo! Let's get right to it. You bet. The very first EFC WFC, and if you don't know what that means, it's Eastern Football Conference, Western Football Conference. Interlocking game, that's when East meets West, was played on, and this is in regular season, was played on August 11th, 1961, the opening weekend of that season. Who played that Friday? So this is a guess one. Yeah. Was it A, Montreal and Winnipeg? B, Ottawa, BC? C, Toronto, Winnipeg, or D, Hamilton, NBC. I'm going to guess it was one of the Toronto ones. And I'm going to say you had Toronto, Winnipeg, and Toronto, what was the other one? Pardon? Go ahead. You had Toronto chosen as, as options in two. Toronto, Winnipeg, and what was the other one? Oh, did I say Toronto? I meant Hamilton. Sorry. I'll re- restate these. Okay. Montreal, Winnipeg, B, Ottawa, BC, C, Toronto, Winnipeg, D, Hamilton versus BC. My bad. No worries. I I may have got that wrong, too. I'm still going to go with the Toronto option. Toronto, Winnipeg. That is C. Mm -hmm. The correct answer is A, Montreal and Winnipeg, played in the first interlocking game. (laughs) And the Bombers won that game 21-15. Now, here's an interesting stat. All of these games were on that first weekend. Oh, okay. And the curious thing is the Bombers play Montreal on August the 11th. Yep. They play Toronto on the 14th. Wow. Quick turnaround. BC plays on the 12th and play again on the 15th. That's full 60s. Holy smokes. I guess they were tough back in the day. <laughs> and you're always harping about player safety. <laughs> Not in the 60s. That's- that's why CTE came on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said. When you play more, you played at a slower speed. Yeah, yeah, you maybe did. Back in the day, we'd hear the stories of the guys coming to training camp to actually get in shape, as opposed to <laughs> working on it all year long like today's athletes. It's a far different world, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Question two. All of these Edmonton quarterbacks also played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Except one. Name him. Was it A, Neilon Green, B, Marcus Crandall, C, Steve Taylor, or D, Kevin Mason? Hmm. Taylor, I don't recognize the name. I know Crandall played for Calgary, but I don't know if he played with Edmonton. I'm going to go with Marcus Crandall. So that's B? Yep. The correct answer is C, Steve Taylor. Yeah, who is, who is Steve Taylor? I don't recognize or remember him. Played for Calgary, Hamilton, Ottawa, and Edmonton. Hmm. But he did not play for Saskatchewan. I guess that's maybe a... That was a bit of a tough one because... Mm-hmm. I guess I should have picked Taylor because I didn't recognize him. Steve Taylor never was, never was in Saskatchewan. That's okay. Yep. That was a bit of a tough one. Mm-hmm. I thought you were maybe drifting back into the 60s and I had no idea who he was. No, 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 no. I wouldn't be that mean. Question three. This team is the team that has the highest winning percentage in Grey Cup appearances. Mm -hmm. 
A. Montreal B. Toronto C. Hamilton D. Edmonton Hmm. It's a tough one. Again, I'm, I'm only guessing, but I'm going to go with Montreal. That is A. The correct answer is B, Toronto. Hmm. I guess they probably won a lot back in the day, didn't they? Actually, they've won a lot since. They won with Clemens as their coach. They've won twice with Ricky Ray as their quarterback. They they tend to get there and win. They they've seventy one point four percent of their appearances turn into wins. Wow. What what's the next highest? Next highest you know? is Edmonton entry with fifty four point two. Wow. I didn't guess very well. What's that? <laughs> I said I guess I didn't guess it very well. Question four. Oh. Gonna see if I can get an O for this would be a first, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay. It might be. Question four. In the CFL-USA expansion of 1993, mm-hmm. two owners of the World League of American Football were awarded expansion franchises. What was the name of the San Antonio franchise? Was it A, Riders, B, Alamos, C, Rangers, D, Texans? Which one was Alamos? That's B. I'm going to go with B, Alamos. You've done it. Hmm. <laughs> You've gone the over. <laughs> the answer was A, Riders. Got my over. The San Antonio Riders were owned by Larry, or uh, yeah, Larry Benson, brother of Tom Benson, who was the owner of the New Orleans Saints. After the 92 season, the WLAF suspended its North American operations. Yep. And so San Antonio and Sacramento were the two teams that were interested and applied to the CFL. Yep. Now, Sacramento made it with the gold miners, hmm. but the San Antonio Riders folded prior to the 93 season. So they never did make it to their first ever season. Yep. Years later, the two were tied together. Sacramento gold miners moved to San Antonio, become the Texans. Well, I'm learning lots here. Well, hopefully next week's a better week for me. That's okay. This trivia is not about your score. This trivia is about a learning exercise. Well, that's how I'm taking it, because otherwise I'd be quitting. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, for proper physical distancing, if you're close enough to shake hands, you're too close. The recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards. Don't get a no yards penalty. Make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing. Third down. Team nicknames seem to be under a microscope in the last few years and with news that the NFL Washington team is now abandoning their team nickname. Pressure is mounting even further, I believe, on Edmonton. Absolutely, and I I think 
this isn't new, right? A lot of teams have been looking at revamping their names, whether they're high school or university sports or, or the pro league. So, but with the Redskins and, and with the, you know, the, the racial tensions that have been going on in the States, certainly it, it's exacerbated this as an issue that, that's forcing a lot of teams around North America to take a look at what their team names symbolize and, and is it a team name that they want to continue with. Edmonton, in this case, is no different. Edmonton has had this name at different times, but in the last run since 1949. Mm-hmm. They've really worked hard to move that name away from its original context and into a new one. Mm-hmm. If you just want a quick history in Edmonton, they had Eskimo from 1908 to 1909, then they became the Eskimos, 1910 to 15, and then again in 1919 to 21, that's because World War I intervened. Mm-hmm. They, for a very brief period, were the Elks, and then returned to the Eskimos in 23, 24, and 28. So when 1949 comes around and they have this inter-squad game where people are gathering, and the question is, what should this team be called? Of course, people are remembering their childhood and saying, well, that's the name we remember from then. That's what they should be now. Yeah, and, and I think that is something. I mean, it was a community name for some time in the Edmonton area for different football, rugby teams, and uh, that, that's why it was chosen. So, again, nothing, nothing to say about what it was chosen at the time. It makes sense to me to be choosing a name that they're familiar with and a name that other teams in the area have played with. Taking a look at the name is something that the organization needs to do. And I don't think that it takes anything away from what the Edmonton Football Club has done over the years because the Eskimos are synonymous with, a, I think, a first-class organization and a, and a team that does very well. It's just a question of now whether, given the situation where we stand in society today, is that name too offensive to some people to continue using? Should it be removed? Ultimately, that is the real question. I don't think that there's any way that you can get away from the notion that in certain circles, this word is offensive. There's just no way you can duck that. Absolutely. If you have a representation of people that are upset or, or offended by that, you have to heed what they're saying. And you have to be aware of their needs in this process. Mm-hmm. My sense of it is, is that Edmonton is probably going to move away from the name. I, I have nothing based in fact. This is just my conjecture. But I just don't see how they can hang on to the name anymore. In Edmonton itself, of course, this is creating a lot of angst and a lot of sure it is. debate going back and forth, some of it very heated, and trying to get a good sense of how people are there feeling about it and how they're reacting to it is very important to this process as well. Joining us from the Turf District is Andrew. Woo! Andrew, can you give us a sense of what the mood is in Edmonton right now? Well, uh, it's it's not great. <laughs> I think I think the thing is is there's uh, a, a lot of people who are on both sides of the argument, and uh, I think because of that, um, 
it's obvious it obviously increases tensions between a lot of people and because we're dealing in a situation right now where a lot of us don't have a lot of control over things in our lives we uh, try to take control of something that we can't take control of and so we end up uh, battling with each other over stuff that uh, I, I think needs to um, you know be dealt with at, at different levels than than us as fans yeah Andrew you you make a great point because really we're talking about something that is football, but isn't football in a sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it is related to football. Absolutely. And it is something that is, um, you know, it's important to talk about. I'm not going to say that this isn't something that needs to be talked about and looked at and, and reviewed and, and likely changed. Uh, I, I definitely would, would support that. I just think, for me, uh, this I like this to be my escape, and right now it, it's far from that. So it's making it uh, it makes it a little harder to do the things that we love to do. Yeah, because you're you're dealing with this naming issue over and over and over again, and you've got some very emotional people on one side, very emotional people on the other side, and of course you've got a podcast about the team. Yeah, well, and and the thing is, it's funny, right? Because you. You, you've loved the team for years and years and years. I've, I've been a fan for longer than uh, I can remember not being a fan. And so to me, the, you know, the name was always, well, that, that's my team. And I loved it so much that I started a podcast and I put the name in the, right, in, right in the title because that was, you know, that was the team I loved. And, um, and I still do, obviously. I, let me, I need to re- make sure I rephrase that, that it, no matter what happens, it's not like I'm going to stop loving football or stop supporting the team or doing anything like that because the, I love the team. I love the players. I, I love the game. So um, that part is never going to change. And, uh, but, it, but it is emotional because you have that attachment to it for so long. And uh, so for us, I, I know with the podcast, we, we had been talking about it for about a year, maybe a year and a half that we should maybe start looking at rebranding um, just because the chatter was already starting. And, and it's so hard because you get caught in the middle. You, you have... Eskimo fans that think that that's got to be that that has to be the name forever and ever and you can't change it. And if you're changing, well, then you're bowing out to cancel culture and it's horrible. And then on the other side, you say, well, hey, this is the name of our podcast, but I'd like to, you know, support this other thing that's going on in the world. And how can you do that when you have that name behind you? (laughs) So you're kind of like, kind of, stuck in a rock in a hard place. So uh, I know for us, we felt that it was important that we look back and, and start to figure, okay, if, if one in five people are offended, then there is one. And that probably affects them a whole lot differently than it would ever affect us being uh, middle-aged Caucasian people. And so it, for us, it was time to make that change and let's get back to talking football. I mean, it was a brave decision on your part because not everybody would get ahead of the curve in a sense, the way you did. Well, to some degree, I, I think that obviously things were, were getting to a boiling point and I think we're going to find that with the team as well. And uh, although I don't agree with every way that it's coming to a boiling point, it, it is. But I know for the, probably the past maybe six months, maybe eight months, it was harder and harder for us to just 
talk about what we loved. And so we want to get back to that. And so let's, let's respect the fact that diversity is strength that we keep saying over and over again. And, uh, let's find a way to, uh, put something out there that isn't upsetting anyone. And we can have a chance to get back and chat what we love about. What is your take on the whole insurance company saying, we're going to pull our sponsorship if you guys don't address this issue real quick and now? It's not my favorite way to go about things. I I would really like to have seen some support come to in, in the way of, okay, and, and maybe these conversations happen and I'm not aware of them. So I, I don't want to say automatically that this didn't happen, but... I would love to have seen, okay, we're sitting down to talk with the team about the change that we feel needs to happen. We want to continue to support them. How, how can we help to make this positive change? Not change or else. Like that's the part that I'm not a fan of. I, I, I wish there was a way that it could have been handled a bit differently that way because I think there are a lot more pressing needs in the Inuit communities. And I, I don't know if these companies are going to be doing things to help support those people. The team was trying to find ways to do that. So how are we going to support that? How are we going to grow that? How are we going to look at, okay, we really think we need to change the name because that is offensive. Okay, great. But changing a name costs a ton of money. Maybe you want to help with some money and we'll look at doing this and we can work on it together and it can be a positive thing for everybody instead of this negativity of do or else. That that part bothers me in a big way. And the name has been a part of the team for over 70 years. It, yes. It, it, it isn't like it came yesterday. So there is, like you indicated before, a lot of emotional attachment, a lot of uh, history associated with it to make a change like that, you're not only spending money on your branding and your marketing and anything else associated with maybe even the helmet logo, but also you're, you're making a demarcation line saying, okay, that's now history and we are something else. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I think they want to try and find a way though, to say we are still the same, but we're under a different brand. And uh, the one thing that I, I can I can hope for, um, because my company actually just did this <laughs> not even a year ago, we rebranded, and it was it were the same care, the same people, the same locations. We do the same thing. We're there for the patient. We're just operating under a new name. I'm hoping that that's the way that they actually approach this. Is that it's still football, it's still CFL football, it's still Edmonton football. It's played with all of these amazing ghosts of the past in Commonwealth Stadium that is, you know, second to none and a a place to play a game. They have to still tie into that, but we're still, we're just doing this under a new name. And I I truly do hope that they find a way to keep the EE logo because that I think softens the blow a little bit. If they change the logo on top of everything else, I think that would make it even harder. But if they can keep that EE logo, but just put a different name on it, uh, I th- like I said, I think it just cushions it a tad. So if you keep the EE logo, Elks is one that they've had in their past. Would that be something that they could use? And you're not uh, losing the EE in that circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. They could use that. And at least then there there is a link to the team in the history, right? So... 
Now, the difference being is when they played there, they played under purple and white. So please do not change to that. <laughs> keep it green and gold because I can't afford to repaint my room. So we need to keep that green and gold and white. Um, I like that. But yeah, the, the Elks is definitely one option. Um, again, it, it, right now, is now does that become a problem because you're using animals? <laughs> I have no idea. So uh, the biggest thing for me is whatever, whatever they change to or whatever they decide, whenever they decide to change, when they change it, it has to be something that can be there forever and they won't have to worry about having another battle in two years. The Rough Riders have rebranded their helmet. Yep. They started with the iconic S with the wheat inside the the circle and then moved to the wraparound logo, hybrided that, hybrided that again. So teams do, and we can point to the BC Lions in the early 2000s, they had a myriad of decals on their helmets. Yeah for a, the longest time and then completely rebranded for three years before they came back to the the iconic BC and Lion. So teams do do this out of natural course. What I'm getting from you is that that EE, because it's been there a little bit altered, but truthfully for, since, what, 1965? Somewhere in that range, yeah. It's uh, It's been a long time, and that's the only thing that you've really seen on that side of that helmet. And I, and I think, too, the difference being is that if this was a progressive change, because ch change is inevitable, you want to try different things, you want to see if that brings in different people, you want to try different marketing things, you want to do, okay, we're going to change the helmet to have a different logo on it and see if that logo will sell more or if people will just attach to that logo more. That I can absolutely get behind. But in, in none of those situations was it from whether it be uh, media or fans or sponsors or whatever it is, none of those things were you have to change it. And in this scenario, because you have to change it is a big part of it. I think they've got to hang on to something to keep those fans that are fans of the team and have been around it forever, keep something that keeps it... Uh, what's the word familiar, make sure that there is that, oh no, I, I'm still very attached to that part of the team. And it, I think it just makes it smoother. That's all. I've seen something on Twitter with the Elks where they have a wraparound sort of elk horn on the helmet, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. But would that be too much of a stretch for the team or would it be just, Hey, new era, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to say, tough to say how drastic they go. I think that and again, Elks isn't the only one that's out there. What what other names are being tossed around? Uh, I've heard a few. Uh, obviously, Empire is out there, but I'm now kind of of the opinion that they shouldn't go with that because of the the whole you know colonialism of taking over other lands and all these things that 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 turns into another battle <laughs> down the road. I think so. Probably better as as much as you know. I loved it because of the podcast. It would have been like I was way ahead of the curve, but now <laughs> uh, not so much. So I would probably back off a little bit from that one. I've also heard the Express, uh, which I'm starting to kind of come around on. That's actually not too bad. The Edmonton Express. There's no way you can twist that the wrong way. So that one's okay. And uh, then I've also heard things like... I've heard Edge. Edge. I heard Energy. 
which I am not a fan of at all. The energy. Energy and Oilers. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Uh, that's like, we, we already have enough in that particular field. We don't need to keep supporting all of that. Uh, plus, they, they already have the energy team, which is like the energy hype team is what they call them, which is the dance team. Okay. So okay. I don't think you want to then change the team name to that. I think they got to... Yeah. So, so yeah, I, the front runners for me are probably Elks Express. The Edge is okay, but it's kind of off. Uh, they they could just go with at like Eskies or Esks. Like that's another possibility. I think it still causes problems. So I, not one that I would entirely recommend. But um, it causes problems because it's not enough of a demarcation from the previous name. Correct. Okay. Yes, that's right. That's where I think we would get the argument is, well, what is that? Well, you're just shortening, you're just shortening the bad word. Well, okay, but we're getting away from it. <laughs> but sometimes that's just not going to work, right? So, so yeah, I think uh, there's a few different options that are out there for sure. And, but I, I really, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, I'm kind of like, yeah, well, the Elks is kind of our history. So maybe we, we run that way. It's kind of tough on the team in one sense that for years now they've been trying to sort of rebrand the name to make it mean Northerners. No specific group. Right. Strength. Yes, exactly. And you just can't run away fast enough from history to get ahead of it. It's one of those things right now that if it was ever used as a derogatory term, it is never coming out of being a derogatory term. That And that's the part where I think you're right. I think they were really trying to get behind what they felt was a, a make the word positive, but they just, the, the culture is not ready to accept that. Um, it's, it was negative. And so it's always negative. So have you heard a timeline on any sort of announcement? Is the team going to be ready to go with a new name this season? Do they say, no, we'll have to wait for 2021. We need time to get all of our branding together. Yeah, I haven't heard anything as of right this moment. I, I know that we will get a decision before the end of the month, uh, one way or the other. Uh, does that mean that it changes right away? Or does that mean that there is a, a delay? And, and like you said, kind of getting branding and things together. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I, I would expect that they would try to do it sooner rather than later, much like we've seen in uh, the NFL where the announcement came today that the Washington team is now with without a nickname and or a logo and they're working on that. And I could see where in in this scenario you might see, well, we're we're dropping the nickname uh, the logo will stay and then we'll tell you what, you know, th there's a lot of things that they can build on for that PR wise, right? Okay. Let's have a, let's have a fan vote. They might have the name totally chosen, but it's like, here's four options and tell us what you think is the best. And, you know, I, I think it would turn, I think the Red Blacks did that actually before they announced their name, they had a couple of polls that had, here's, here's some different options. And what do you think as fans to try and get that engagement going before they even had the announcement? And I think there'll be a little bit of that ramp up, but what is that ramp up 
August through September, and then we we get games in September, which we still don't know if it's going to happen or not, but that's kind of the guess. Or is it, okay, we don't have a season this year, so by the time we come back, we have our new name and we're ready to roll. Um, I, I think we'll find out, well, we're going to find out anyway in the next two weeks. Pat, I think the longer the team holds on to the name, they are more and more subject to diminishing returns. And, and to change a name is going to be traumatic. Change is not easy for anyone. And to change something that has been in place for a long period of time is going to be difficult. But I, I would agree with what you're saying, Don. I, I think it's almost inevitable. I, I mean, if you continue to hold on a name, at some point you're still going to, to take a lot of pressure and you're still being offensive to people. And I don't think that's something that is acceptable in today's society. So, uh, you know, when they make the change, they're going to have to find something that can pull people back together because people won't be happy with the change. Some people, others will be thankful for a change. And I think it's better to do it sooner than later. You don't want to be the last one to potentially make those changes, in my opinion. If you get out ahead of it, we've seen it here in Saskatchewan with many high school team names that have changed in the last five years. You know, we see that also in naming of buildings after individuals who, in today's reflection on history, maybe shouldn't be honored in the way that they were. The, those changes, I think it, it behooves any organization or any government building, whatever it is, to, to take a look at what we have in the context of the society as it stands today and to be proactive rather than reactive when you can. In some cases, I think this is coming to a point of being reactive now, but it, I think it does have to be done. And diminishing returns in this context is you lose goodwill the longer you hang on to the team name. And if you do something sooner, yes. then people respond to you better and say, okay, you've heard us, we appreciate that. But if they mm -hmm. drag their feet, as Washington had for years, then goodwill starts to erode and you're left with, you've got no choice but to. Yeah, and I think certainly with Washington and Edmonton now looking at it, and, and there's other teams that we know, semi-pro teams that are looking at it, there's going to be a call for all organizations who may be somewhat questionable in today's society and the way things are um, to, to take a look at it. And I, I agree with you. I think you have to, as much as possible, be proactive and move before you take that diminishing return and get the, the lash back, if you will. To me, I think Edmonton is going to have to change, in my opinion. Again, nothing saying that they will, because I mean, they, I know they're going to their stakeholders and they're surveying their stakeholders to see what they think of the name. And I mean, you and I, Don, are, we've, we've attended Ryder games for many years, and, and it would be very difficult to not be a part of Ryder Nation. That's our tradition. That's who we are. All teams need to continually look at what their organization stands for, what they're representing, and how it's viewed, and, and uh, when the need is there, make change. We've seen it in the past with the Canadian Football League. The Montreal Alouettes, after the 1981 season, changed their name to the Concord. After the Nelson Scalbania ownership of the team had really soured fans, they thought Concord, meaning harmony, would perhaps bring the fans back to the stadium. Didn't work while the Concords were there. Alouettes come back in 86. They are playing in an empty house in Olympic Stadium. The team disappears for 10 years until Baltimore basically moves north. Mm -hmm. We've seen Ottawa. Rough Riders disappear in 96. 
the renegades come in with the Gliebermans. That's a short-lived experiment. And now we see the Red Blacks. Out of necessity, teams have made name changes, logo changes. Yep. You know, if you look through the history, as you identified of the CFL, there's going to be teams, you can go back to the beginning, that changed names many times over before they even became part of the professional league. So this is not abnormal. It's just been a period of time where there hasn't been the change comparatively. Like I think if you were to go back into the 20s, 30s, 40s, teams changed their names, I think, a bit more often or as teams were brought into various leagues around, not just the CFL, but around all professional sports leagues. Um, Teams adapt, they change, they change their jerseys, they change their colors. You know, I don't see that as being something new, but We've had a period of stability for quite a time in the CFL, right? Part of this push has come from an insurance company that sponsors the team. I think every business, every corporation has to understand what their values are and align to those values. It came right after the Edmonton team said it was going to stand by its name. So that was pretty clear as a response to what the team had identified that the name didn't align with the company vision. And I think the company is is fully within its rights to say, we're, we're, we're choosing to sponsor things that align with our vision. And I think all companies should and probably do do that. Over time, the use and, and the abrogation of people's culture has become something that we view in our society as not being acceptable. There's a series of things that have led us to this. I think it starts with the reconciliation in our society when we're dealing with our Indigenous peoples here in Canada. That reconciliation journey we've all been on I think is leading us to take a look at what we have and what we, how we work with our Indigenous people in our society. And I think it's not in one year, it's not in one time. I think it's, they were probably questioning it when the Eskimos came out and made a statement saying, we are holding, they, they felt that it was no longer aligning to what their values were. And I, again, I, I think that's a responsible thing for every corporation to be doing as society changes, take a look at what their values are and to, to hold. So what does Edmonton choose as a new last name? Well, that's a good one. You know, I I, I like the Eskimo fight song. Uh, I, I would want to see that. So I'd be looking for something with three syllables that fits in. I don't know how you could do that. I like the double E as well. And I think that I'd like to see that tradition go. So I'd be looking for something that has E, but I'm not sure what you'd choose. I mean, the history has the Elks, as you mentioned earlier, was at one point in time. And I know that that's been discussed. It, it will be interesting to see because I think at that point you also need to engage your community and feel that they're going to be at least somewhat on side. You know, it's difficult if, if the team name is, the decision's made to change. It will be difficult because some people will always continue to call them. For the next five years, you'll probably have them continue to sing the same songs and people will not want to accept that change. I don't know. What, what were you thinking, Don? Have you got some other suggestions? We've heard what Andrew suggested. What about another thought for an E is Eagles? I know there's a team in Philadelphia. Yeah. So that's one possibility. Um, you could look at some names that don't have the E. Mm-hmm. Kodiaks, Brown Bears, Black Bears. Yeah. You could be Northerners, North Stars. Lots of different ideas. Just depends on what you want to do. Really, it comes down to what the team is going to choose. Well, it's going to be interesting to see the journey that the team is going to have to uh, go on, the organization, and uh, we'll see what, what becomes of the review. It's tough because they've got a lot of work to do. 
Yeah, and it's it's never easy to let go of something you're extremely passionate about. And uh, whether that be a love, and in this case, it's a love of football, a love of the team, a love of an organization that has done for its football team, I think, a great job and uh, has been at, at many times and continues to be a leader within the CFL. So this journey that they go on is going to take some leadership for other teams potentially as well, because you still have other teams in, in different leagues and organizations that have to go on this journey as well. I think most people are probably getting their heads wrapped around it needs to be different, but you have to let go, right? Right. If there's one thing I wish for you and for everybody else that's a follower of the CFL is that the next time you and I talk, we're talking about a game result. Yeah. Good Lord, I hope so. Yeah, well, actually, you know, I've been on once every three weeks, so we should be talking about training camp at least. Like that's, I'd be okay with that. We could talk about that. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. And uh, we're back talking football. And, and hopefully at that point, we have uh, announced uh, where we're headed with the podcast and we can kind of let people know when uh, when we'll be back and, and what we'll be working under. And in the interim, where will people find you? Uh, probably best is to follow me personally on Twitter. It's at Freepalicious. Uh, that's F-R-E-E-P-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. That's not bad. I can spell that just from memory without looking. I, that's, I think that's the first time I've done Woo. that. Uh, but yeah, you can fi- find me there. Um, we're, we're all kind of taking a little bit of a, a social media break, but uh, we will be back before long with some announcements and it'll probably start in that range. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, man. You bet. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. That's spelled at T-H-I-R-D-D-O-W-N-G-A-M-B-L-E. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio. Worth watching. Worth watching.